Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone. We about to party. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up. Welcome to All Elite Wrestling Unrestricted, the official AEW podcast. I'm Will Washington, alongside my co-host, Aubrey Edwards. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Will, how are you? I am great, but not as great as our guest today. We've got... Look at that segue. The (laughs) one-time, self-proclaimed Mr. Ring of Honor, Roderick Strong. Not self-proclaimed. I was given that name, actually. Oh. Who gave it to you? The bosses of Ring of Honor. Whoa! Yeah, they told me to start calling myself that. And I was like, are you sure? And they said, yeah, so. Yeah, I would never call myself something I am not, so. (laughs) Well, I think it's a very fitting title. You're one-time Ring of Honor world champion, one-time Ring of Honor tag team champion, two-time world television champion, and second-ever ROH Triple Crown champion. That's right. It's amazing. And at one point, I did have the most matches in company history. Whoa! Yeah, there was a time that I, you know, I left. The Briscoe brothers eclipsed me, but it's okay. It's them. <laughs> I'm okay with that. If there's anybody I, I think I'd be okay with having the title of most Ring of Honor matches, it's probably the Briscoe brothers. Greatest tag team ever. I think, I think overall, I think everyone's okay with that, actually. But hey, we're here. We're talking to Roddy, who has had a very storied career, and we're going to get into a lot of this, but... Obviously, very, very exciting. Back in April, you had your AEW debut, came to the aid of Adam Cole on Dynamite versus the JAS. This was great because I'm literally standing in go position, and I heard um, Angelo Parker say, where's Roddy? And I turn around, and there you are. I'm like, oh, this was inevitable. This is cool. (laughs) Right. Can you talk about your debut a little bit and how it all came together? Like, where where would you like me to start from? I mean, obviously... uh... I don't know, it's kind of a, a long story. Let's start at the top then. Like, how, how did you end up at AEW? The inevitable, like, Roddy just showing up. Yeah. In August of last year, I got injured. And I was out for some time. When it was getting closer to the end of the year, my contract actually expired from, you know, WWE. So it was just one of those situations where, one, I was, you know, rehabbing. I was, you know, in a pretty decent place, but not exactly sure what was going to go on with me at the time. And, you know, I had someone representing me and just kind of reached out and was talking to, to both companies. And, you know, it was one of those weird things that it just felt like it was inevitable and just kind of walking through a certain part of the process just to do it when I really wanted to, you know, be with my buddies and with my wife and just, (laughs) Just AEW, it just reminds me so much of what I loved about Ring of Honor. The collective, everybody wants it to be better. You hear whatever, but 
since I've been there, I really get that feeling of like, how can we make this better? And, and it's coming from everybody for the most part. And, it, and it's very motivating. And I think in those kind of environments, personally, just based off of my experience, I thrive better there. I, I consider it a lot more like college, you know, like you're not going to, you know, it's not as strict as like high school. You got to come, they, you know, everything like that. But, you know, if you're doing the things you need to do, you'll become successful and you'll, you know, you'll help the company. And that's the whole point, right? We're there to make the company better and, and do what is asked of us. So. So finally making that decision and just having the opportunity to like, oh, okay, when, when I get there, I'm going to be doing something with Adam, which obviously excited me very much. Crazy thing. It was two days after my son's birthday, you know, just the timing of everything was like perfect. And it was, I know, it was super emotional. I, I really didn't even actually like, you know, I wasn't able to digest it all until like a few days after I was like, oh my God, like sometimes it still doesn't even feel real. Like it's just like. Yeah, it's kind of a little, little long, drawn out journey, but we got to it and, and being able to debut in that position, you know, with Adam and I don't know, it was the best. It was awesome. Couldn't have asked for anything better. To pull back a little bit of a, a, a curtain, because this, this was a really tightly kept secret to the point of where before I started with AEW, I was working in wrestling media. I was doing a lot of reports. I could not get anyone in WWE, anything to give me any information on what was going on with Roderick Strong. Nobody seemed to know. And so it took me by surprise. It was a week before I started with the company and it took me completely by surprise uh, when you showed up, when you got the Kill Switch Engage music. Like everything that hit at that moment was a genuinely great surprise. You could hear it in that audience. You could hear it in that crowd. How was it keeping that a secret this long? <laughs> it, it was very difficult. Very, very difficult. But it also was something that I I feel bad because I, I misled some people, you know, but I, I didn't try to. <laughs> you have to. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't outright lie, but it was one of those things that you do realize, especially nowadays, like, there are no like real secrets anymore in wrestling. Like, and, and to actually be able to be one was huge. It's like something that people remember forever. You know, just exactly that. Like having Kill Switch Engage. That song means so much to me. Oh, yeah, it was just too perfect. Like, but yeah, it was de- definitely difficult. Even some of my family, I wasn't being honest with, just because I know <laughs> they're just so eager to. You know, oh, I can't wait till this. You never know. Who's get, who's going to say anything? So, yeah, it was cool. It was something like I'll never forget. And just that feeling. I was so nervous. And that's why I felt like this is right. I haven't been this nervous in so long. Yeah, yeah it was just too perfect. Yeah, you can't you can't let grandma spoil things on Facebook for people. You got to be real careful about that. You never know. My mom gets excited. She'll tell people. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Just, oh, I didn't mean that. I'm like, yeah, I know you didn't mean to do it. No, no, no. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell anyone means tell everybody in their in their brain <laughs> just so excited for you to go do what you love i was really excited that i got the opportunity to work with you in austin at the falls county anywhere match which by the way i still have scars on my arm from counting in the plants <laughs> texas and their violent greenery so and their vi- violent garbage cans you know that plastic garbage cans that hit me in the he- face and ripped my earlobe off a little bit. Yes. So for people that don't know this, 
all the crazy things that happen in the match. There's an ice cream spot. There's counting in the stairs. There's that little tiny like span in between like like, where I thought you guys were going to step off of it and die. There's like all of these things happening. And it's the trash can that ends up making you bleed. (laughs) Oh, man, it was crazy. I just was like, I could. I was so disappointed in myself in that moment. And I was like, oh, gosh. And I thought. Oh, it's plastic. It's not going to be that hard, but the bottom obviously is uh, a whole different beast. Yeah, dude, trash cans. And it messed up my beard. It took me so long to get facial hair. (laughs) (laughs) My whole career, everyone's like, you. And I was like, finally so proud of it. And then I'm like, oh, it's got a little slash in it. So maybe it makes me look tough. Maybe. I mean, chicks dig scars. It all works. As long (laughs) as Marina likes it, we're all good. That's that's all that matters. Yeah, she doesn't mind it. So let's talk about that match a little bit. Like, what was that like for you coming in and working with Jericho in this crazy match format? There's ice cream being thrown everywhere. Like, what was that like? Well, one, just working with Chris. Like, he's someone, obviously, that I grew up watching. And, I, you know, I he was in that cruiserweight division that I idolized so much that inspired me. Because I started wrestling super young. Like, at 11, almost 12 was the first time I stepped in a ring. Like, my first match in front of people, I was 13. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's why the Owen Hart tournament meant so much to me because Jim Neidhart was my original trainer. So just to have that tie, it, it was just kind of like crazy. At first, I'm like, oh, crap. But, you know, and, and I've ran into Chris a couple times prior, and there, there's obviously mutual respect. and But it still was surreal. And, and it was one of those matches where, you know, here we go pulling back the curtain a little bit. But, like, because there's trust, even though we don't know each other, like, the expectation based off of like our experiences in life, you know, and in our careers, it's like, okay, well, I trust this guy. And we just kind of go off a of feel. It was, uh, it was awesome. Like, and just to be a part of something that people now, like, it's so memorable. It's from all those like crazy brawls we used to watch back in the day. It's like, I got to actually be a part of something like that. And it felt very special while we were doing it. And then afterwards to see the response was it was awesome. It, it was everything and more. And, you know, Chris is the man. He, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes, the people you look up to. But he's awesome. He, he's just really, really cool guy. And I like obviously understands wrestling now, but has all that knowledge from before. So, you know, just the crew, all of us, even working with you, just the trust was just there. And we just were really starting to get to know each other. So mm-hmm. it was perfect for me. Like I just felt so comfortable. And it was my first time really in a longer match in in so long. So something I'll remember forever. My son freaking loved it. So (laughs) no, that was great. Like, honestly, just being in the building at that point and, and even just trying to keep up with where you guys were all headed and all of that. And then seeing Aubrey afterward in your arm and I was covered in ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. No, it, it was excellent. Honestly, I think that was a great way to, introduce yourself in its singles mode to the AEW audience because you know a a lot of us have been longtime fans and then there is a good portion of the fans that are still being introduced to people when they come in and so I thought that was honestly just an excellent way to bring you to those fans yeah and and it highlighted like one part of me that I I'm just I wrestle very violently and in that environment that's kind of like what's asked of it so it it couldn't have been better well on, on the topic of the people who have been following you a long time. Uh, you know, I, I will say my my introduction to indie wrestling was 2005 Ring of Honor. That was mm. the period that I got into it. And that was the period that introduced me to this whole other world of professional wrestling. And of course, 
you are a gigantic part of that. Of course, just recently on Collision, you were a part of the aforementioned Owen Hart tournament. You faced Samoa Joe. Uh, you were defeated by Samojo, but this was a renewal of a rivalry that a lot of people were very familiar with. We got to see a collection of footage of matches you had had with Joe. Uh, what was it like getting back in the ring with Joe? It, it's kind of, I'm at this point right now where everything's kind of surreal and it doesn't like, it takes me a little bit to like digest what's going on just because from my time away and the uncertainty of one, if I was going to continue to do it or not, and then then getting back into it and still trying to, you know, find my footing. Like I've wrestled like five matches in the last year, pretty much, you know? So it's, you know, and it's against someone like Joe who I just know what I'm going to get. Like I was telling Marina, like a couple of days before I'm just like geeked up and like, I can't wait to go through this because this is the kind of stuff that I really love. Like I'm going to give it my all. He's going to get, it's going to be a war of attrition and we're, you know, I like, and just to see where we're at, you know, Joe was one of the people when I came to Ring of Honor that was very helpful to me. So I owe him a lot. He was always watching my matches, giving me feedback, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was so lucky just during that time. It's crazy just to think about all the guys that were so nice and always gave me. That's what I loved about Ring of Honor. Like you had your guys and then those guys found the people that they thought could, when their time is up, and they were always just so helpful. It's just a matter of being, I knew that I didn't know anything. So I really just love to have the opportunity to hear those guys give me feedback and then just kind of try every time out there to to do the best I could with what they told me. So it was one to show Joe, like, even though we have wrestled, we had some tag matches when we were with, the, uh, with WWE, like in NXT and stuff. But just to go in there and fa- it's just a whole different animal. So it was nice to uh, test myself against him. And, you know, obviously, unfortunately, I lost, but just reminded myself like who I am and uh, that I can still do it the way I want to do it. It is crazy to think you guys did have the tag matches in between uh, in WWE. But as far as a singles match is concerned, you guys went 17 years without having a one on one match going between. Yeah, it's crazy. It was Glory by Honor 5 in 2006 all the way up until that episode of Collision. And the circumstances in that situation were crazy too because the armory like shut down and then they put a tent and then it was raining like crazy and the tent was like the water we thought was going to bust, you know, come through. It was just, oh, those situa- that situation was just crazy. So to do it in this setting was a little bit, you know, it was substantially better. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not under a tent in the pouring rain. You're now in an arena. Yeah, like, oh my God, is he going to send on me? And then the, just the, it's going to implode. And then here we go. Just be covered in freaking water. This is this is wild. This is an awesome conversation we're having with Roderick Strong here on AEW Unrestricted. More coming up after this. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Will. Hi, Will. Uh, we are here with 
Project Strong. This has just been an awesome conversation. Yeah. I love how uh, wonderful and positive and just like grateful you are so far of like, because you've had this storied career, you're, you're giving credit where it's due, respect where it's due, and it's wonderful. We were talking before the break a little bit about the Owen Hart tournament and facing Samoa Joe, but the Owen Hart tournament means more than just, you know, facing this former rival. You have a connection with uh, the Hart family. Can you talk about your being trained by by Jim Neinhart? Yeah, I mean, the situ- and just the whole situation going into it was crazy as well. There's some there's some video out there just kind of about my backstory, but you know during that time because I had a rough kind of a rough upbringing and stuff, and then during that time my mom had shot my dad, and I mean it's a whole big thing, but she was in jail, and it was just my dad was a single parent at the time, and his friends called him. He was my age right now when his friends called him. Wow! Like, hey, you want to be a wrestler? And my dad's like, oh sure. He's you know athletic guy, so but it was just really funny, you know, because you don't think like i'd watch wrestling for a stretch but then i had stopped completely so we're like oh it's this wwf star and you just don't know who it's really going to be it could have been you know everybody called himself a wwf star if they did a job or whatever it didn't really matter but to show up there and it be someone (laughs) that i literally watched and i was such a big fan of like bret hart and him it was just crazy and just he was as wild as you would have expected it and just to go there and like sit, I would watch like the first month I just got to go there. It was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. Oh my God. And then one day they're like, ah, oh, you, he's like, oh, you can get up in there. And like, oh, I was like hooked after that. Like, I remember like the ride home. My dad's like, oh, Jim said like, if you stuck to this, you'd be good. I mean, all they did was fucking stand on the top rope. Oh, sorry for cursing, but I just stood on the top <laughs> rope and messed around a little bit. <laughs> But man, that was like the first time in my life I'd gotten a compliment about just that I could be good at anything, really, you know, besides my parents. And just wrestling then was my own little thing. It wasn't like in my real life how dysfunctional it was. There, it could just be whatever I wanted. And you realize, like, I don't know, I just learned Jim would work them so hard and they would just explain like, this is the stuff you need to do to get here. And like, if you don't do that, you won't get here. And that like really stuck with me throughout the years. My dad ended up having a ring belt. So we always kind of had one of those from when I was like 12 on. So I go spend just so much time in there. And if it wasn't for that experience, I know I wouldn't be wrestling. If it wasn't for Jim saying those words, even if he didn't truly mean it, I wouldn't be here. Damn. Yeah. And just, you know, Owen was someone that I really looked up to as well. Obviously I was infatuated with that whole family and just what they meant to wrestling and what wrestling meant to them. So it's an awesome, awesome thing that I, you know, have had this opportunity and that what threw my time off was where I really like found gratitude or, you know, I just really, I was like, if I don't ever do this again, that would suck, but I've done a lot of stuff. And then it, when I realized like the minute I knew that I could go on, I was like, this has to be the best part of my career. You know, this is my time to put everything that I've learned over all that time together. No excuses, no nothing, but also be grateful along the way. So it's wild. Well, speaking on the topic of that time off, how important was that downtime for you? between WWE and AEW and the the time for your injury? The most important. 
one I've never been off for more than like six weeks ever. I, I, there was like two and a half months between my indies and and going to WWE. But besides that, like I always tried to come back as quickly as I possibly could when I got hurt. You know, I always wanted to be around. I was always afraid of people forgetting about me. You know, at this point, I when that happened, I just had no choice. One, becoming okay with that, and then realizing that, uh, you know, that they won't forget about me. And if and if some people do, and you know, there's a lot going on. It's not the end of the world. But when I when I come back, I'll remind them. And then I also got to spend so much time with my son. And oh, man, I love this because you're clearly like you talk about being grateful, but then just like watching you yeah. and just seeing the gratitude you have for you know, everything that wrestling has given you. I actually heard from a little bird uh, that you got super into Rick Rubin during your time off. I did so much, so much. Uh, can, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'm trying to get my emotions in check real quick. Hey, hey I'm, I'm over here watching you about to cry myself. I, I know that feeling of just getting that time, the time you didn't think you were going to get, but getting that time mm-hmm. with your kid is is phenomenal. And like when the pandemic and everything started, like, I don't know, that's when like real life with him really started. And, you know, dealing with the emotions of not traveling anymore, not wrestling as often, like all the things. Yeah. It just, it wasn't good at some points, you know, so to like, <sighs> Didn't expect to get this upset, but mm. no, just to, to, <laughs> to work on that, like relationship while trying to get like healthy. It was hard, but it was awesome. Like, like, all right, real thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to talk about, I want to, since we're on the topic, I want to talk about your son actually, oh, because God. I saw a video once of an absolute banger that you two had at his birthday party. Oh where you guys had a match in a bouncy house. There was at least like one Canadian destroyer yeah. and he's like five. <laughs> yeah. It was his fifth birthday. Oh yeah. That was crazy. Talk about that a little bit. Cause I heard like the kids at school the next day were just like, Oh my God, this was so awesome. And he's like the most popular kid in school now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well, first off the people out of school are awesome. Like I love the fact cause they always call your name when your parents come. The people that own the school, the wife was his teacher. Their daughter would come and she really liked to come like help in that class. She'd love Troy, but she would always like announce him like, like he's being introduced for wrestling when they call him like to the thing and he loved it. So, uh, grateful for that, man. I, he said he wanted to have this match and it was one of those things that were like, okay, we're going to do it. And it, you know, you just think it's going to be like a little thing. And as time, you know, got closer how many people from his school was coming ended up being like 65 or 70 people came. (laughs) And then crazy thing is I got food poisoning. So like that morning I woke, I'm just Ralphing all freaking day. And then it's like time. And I remember telling Marina, I'm like, I got to do this. I can't not do it. I've wrestled in worse conditions than this. Like I've got (laughs) to do it. And just to experience him in that setting was wild. You don't, now I get what people were saying about me all the time when I would wrestle them because I get it like, uh, I get like so into it. Like when you wrestle me, it's definitely an experience. Like I just get lost in it. It's as real as it can be to me. Like, 
just seeing him do his entrance and everything and how much he like hammed it up and then just walking out there. I'm like, Oh, I feel like crap, but I feel so excited right now. I don't And getting in there. I just remember there was this, he had me in like this stretch and was saying, I spun him. I gave him this big back break and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have a second to breathe. And I look up and his eyes are so big and he's just like, ah, and he just ran and <laughs> kneed me in the face. And I was like, I was actually scared. I was actually scared for like a half a second because I really expected him to be down. But he just had this look of like, I'm going to kill you now. And it was like, I was like, I can't believe a five-year-old scared me like that. But it was just such an awesome experience to see him be that comfortable in front of people. And then when it was done, I was like, oh, I felt so much better when it was done though. Cause that's usually how it goes. Like if you feel like crap, then you go and you go wrestle and you get it out and you're just like, oh my God. Whew. Cathartic. Yes, very much so. And now back to the Rick Rubin stuff. Just realize like one, people tend to make life too complicated, like just overall for themselves. And I found myself like really struggling with that. And then it's like, okay, well, after my experiences in NXT and stuff and like, just all my, I'm like, how do I come back to this and approach it differently? Because I understand that I've been away from it. You know, I've, I've watched it obviously, but when you're not calling a match every week, you're not, a, you know, involved with stuff. It like, you just don't realize like how used to it you get. And then my fear is coming back and just trying to get into the same like habits that I had before. But obviously times have changed. Companies changed. I have changed as a person, you know, the stuff that really attached me to him was one learning how, like just listening to him talk about what a true collaboration is and what it in, involves. And that's what wrestling is. It's like two people. And there's just, you hear, you know, so much nowadays, it's people are very selfish and there, this is a business that you have to be to a point, mm -hmm. but then you also have to be selfless. So I always call it like, you know, selfishly selfless. That's like, like wrestling demands both sides from you. And I'm like, well, how do I approach this and not just try not to get my emotions? Cause I just hate people being difficult. I don't quite understand it, but I also was very difficult at certain parts of my career. So it just approaching it with a more simplified mindset. And that's usually when it's, the easiest to get the real emotion out of myself and like my opponents. That's like working with someone like Joe. It's not going to be overly complicated. We're going to make the story very clear. Someone like Chris, same thing. Like it's not, whoa, 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 but me, it's just, and there's no, nothing against people that, that work like that. That's what they do. But for me, and it's something that reminded me of like when I started in Ring of Honor, the main event guys were the main event guys and they worked a certain way. And I always looked at it like when I understand and can work like that, I will be in that realm of the main event. So, you know, and a lot of introspective stuff, like he just speaks about so much introspective stuff and like, you know, it's, you know, it's hard sometimes to say to you, you know, really believe like, oh, you are rather creative or whatever just and then just like allowing myself to like be okay with saying i understand something or i'm good at something and it, you know and it not being in like a look how fucking good i am at this sorry again that but uh, it just really it just helped prepare me for this part of my career which 
is obviously going to be the most vulnerable I've ever been and the most, I know the situations are going to only get bigger and they're going to be more important and not being scared by them. Long-winded answer on that, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'd love Perfect. it. You know, we started this interview referring to you as Mr. Ring of Honor, of course. A big piece of that is your tenure in Ring of Honor. You were with Ring of Honor 13 years. Damn. A, a big piece of that. Again, you know, I talk about my exposure to indie wrestling and a lot of it was that era of Ring of Honor. Uh, I, like I said, I got into it around 2005. Um, but you were there from 2003. Uh, you immediately formed the Generation Next stable, Austin Aries, Jack Evans, and Alex Shelley. So kind of talking about the genesis of your run Ring of Honor, how was that in getting started and how, uh, what kind of role did that play essentially in establishing who you'd become in Ring of Honor? Well, one wild thing about it is in 2003, my old tag partner, Cedric Strong, he had did the Super 8 mm -hmm. and I was so heartbroken that I didn't do it. And it was one of those, because I'd been around it since I was so young and it was at the time just me jealous. You know, he d totally deserved to get it. You know, at the end of the day, I was happy for him, but I was like, yeah, maybe I'm just not like made to do this. Like I... I told Eric Stevens, who I was training him at the time, he had not yet wrestled. I just said, he's the one that really introduced me to all of indie wrestling. And I didn't realize there was mm -hmm. as big of a world as there was. And I just said, man, if I don't make it to Ring of Honor by the end of 2003, I'm just going to quit. Damn. I'm just going to, you know, just focus on college. And it just seems like an easier route to go, you know, to do that instead of like keep trying with this wrestling stuff. And pretty wild, like literally maybe 30 minutes later, like uh, Dan Moff had gotten a hold of me. He was someone that got me connected with Gabe and stuff. And it wasn't for him. I wouldn't have gotten to Ring of Honor. So, or it just would have taken me a lot longer. Yeah. That day it was like, Hey, can you make it to Philly on this date? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. You know, it was just such a surreal experience there. I'm just, um, you know, I grew up in like, ah, it was just wild. But then, you know, keeping staying in touch doing some stuff and then you know gabe having the idea with generation next us going in there like him just him having the confidence that we could do what he asked of us and we could step right in and go with the main event guys and we could we don't have to be as polished as them but the fact that the like potential was there with all with all of us like was just a, such a big motivating factor and then getting in there with all those guys like I think that was so pivotal for my career. That expedited my learning process so much, like literally so much. May have taken me another five years to get all the knowledge that I got because I got to, you know, we got to do stuff with Steamboat. So I got to, to listen to him, you know, Mick Foley, like, you know, and then working against Punk and, and Brian a bunch and Joe and Jamie Noble and you now the list goes on and on. Like it was crazy. And I think that was part of, because of the opportunity given to me, it was hard for me to leave. And that was one of those situations where I, I stayed longer than I should have, but like, I'm a loyal guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was hard, but I definitely stayed like a few, too few years too many, but <laughs> now that I can do about it now. I think it's interesting because when we had Jay Lethal on the podcast, he basically said the same thing about 
his career. Like he's a very loyal guy. He was at Ring of Honor for as long as he could be. And you just see these names kind of associated and hearing what you're talking about and how Ring of Honor is that kind of place where the guys up top are building the guys that are below and everyone's kind of sharing this knowledge and information and helping everybody get better. It totally makes sense why you wouldn't necessarily want to leave and why you might stay longer than you should, air quotes. It just seems like it's such a great thing for you, not only as a wrestler, but as a person and who it is you are becoming as a grown yeah. man. So. There's nothing wrong with staying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I got and I got to fail there pretty hard, which uh, was hard for me to deal with. But it was something that needed to happen, and I was glad it happened there instead of anywhere else. You know, like right. If the platform would have gotten bigger and that would have happened, it would have crushed me, and I probably would have quit or something. But you know, going into the you know once everyone started leaving and kind of like it's like okay now this is the guy. Mm-hmm. But I believed that was the guy. And I wasn't the guy. I just wasn't ready. I avoided the one thing that would have helped me be there. And that's just, I, I didn't talk very much and I didn't, I didn't know what I would talk about. And I didn't know how to talk about myself in a way that wasn't like corny. And like, it's still hard for me to talk about myself. Like in, you know, like, Oh, look how good I just, it's really, really difficult for me. But, you know, having kind words said to me about Jamie punk, like, and then it's like, all right, here it is. And then it just was, it was just no good. But that was like my biggest learning experience in life. Now you got to get prepared. And then obviously over time I tried, but I was trying to play catch up. So it took me a little bit longer in those areas that I avoided because, you know, to me, when I started wrestling, it's like, oh, you get respect with skill. So I'm going to become as skillful as I possibly can, even though, you know, I'm not trained by it. That part of my life with Jim was like four months. So then after that, I'm just like kid from a trailer park, friggin' learning. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I didn't have the traditional route. So it was really hard. Sometimes a lot of doubt would sink in and be like, well, these people went to this school and they got to do this and they got to do that. Are you really worthy of this? And it was just, yeah, it was that imposter syndrome or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real. Obviously, I didn't know that back then what that was called. But yeah, I was dealing with a lot of that. So Ring of Honor was great for giving me the opportunity to fail and not giving up on me. So Hell yeah. I love this whole conversation. This is fantastic. We're talking to Roger Strong on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we've, we've just got more. Let's talk more. Yeah. AEW Unrestricted. We're back. I'm Will Washington with Aubrey Edwards. We're talking with Roderick Strong about just his storied career thus far. And we've been talking about Ring of Honor. And there's a man that I think you had a rivalry with that really put you on the map. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I can't think of somebody I've seen you face more across multiple promotions than one Brian Danielson. Uh, you guys had a, a famous trilogy of matches in Ring of Honor, but you guys have faced each other really across the indies. Talk to me a little bit about working with Brian Danielson and and that time of your career. Oh, uh, where do I start? One, it was just super uh, nerve wracking. I say that when I originally was told just our first matchup, I was so nervous because he was one of the guys and you just like start looking up to these people 
your peers because he's not that much older than me but at the time like his experience was just so different because he you know he went to you know Sean michael's school he which a funny thing is i actually tried to go to Sean's school but i was too young i was 16 at the time so my parents wouldn't let me they probably wouldn't have taken me anyways but uh i just knew it was my opportunity to like it's like sink or swim with him and uh I don't know. Those are definitely like the most important matches in, of my career in the sense of learning. And, and I don't know, we just brought out something in each other that I probably wouldn't have found if I wouldn't have been working with him. So it was, to me, the most important set of matchups I've, I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, talking about, you know, famously, you guys went almost 60 minutes. Uh, you guys had the one hour time limit match uh, for the title and went 56 minutes. One, how do you prepare, especially at that stage of your career, for a 60-minute match? Yeah. Well, good thing I was busy wrestling. That's how you prepare. Just keep (laughs) doing it as much as you possibly can. A little crazy thing about that, I had actually torn my calf muscle like a week. There was like a little tear in it, like a week before that match. And I was so scared that I was just going to drop the ball. I was like, oh, my God, I am not prepared for this. But, you know, he's a freaking pro. You know, as time went on, my confidence rose in the match. I wasn't as scared. But yeah, just hearing that number, 60 minutes, it was like we had went 37 minutes, 47 minutes. But just as it incrementally gets higher, you're like, oh, my God, I do not know how I'm going to do in here. And uh, it was awesome, though. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I don't think I have the cardio for something like that. Yeah. I'm- well, I, I, you know, I ended up having a 60-minute match with Jay Lethal mm-hmm. Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite matches I've ever had, too, just because it was a war and it was so hot in there. Oh, it was just so hot, but so much fun. Like, he's one of my my favorite opponents that I've ever had, like Jay. But back to Brian, it just, his mindset's different. He approaches these things different. I think he helped just by proxy. Like, I, it changed the way I kind of looked at it a little bit deeper than just what it is. And then, you know, that further went on until obviously it tied into like when I went to WWE with Sean Michaels, when he was our coach, like that was when it really solidified. It's okay to like, look at this differently than the other people are looking at it. Not saying I look at it the best, but it's just, yeah, just look at it a lot deeper. Everything is a lot deeper than it is to me. I don't know. Cause wrestling is such an emotional thing. Like it really truly is. It's a sequence of events and all that stuff, but it really is just, so emotional speaking of emotional uh we had touched on this a little bit earlier in a fan question from the ab promotions what was it like debuting with your ring of honor theme song at aew like what did that moment mean for you well it's funny because that wasn't my ring of honor theme song but uh end of heartache though was my theme song in pwg that's what it was yes i was champion that run was the most important run of my whole, like my whole entire career. It really, really was because, you know, Super Dragon had given me the opportunity to like do whatever I wanted. So like when I, we brought up the idea of becoming champion and all that. And like, I told him like, I, you know, I'm just like, I felt like I need to be a bad guy in this. Like I've been here for so long. I just prefer to be a bad guy anyways, because it's more fun. Yeah. And I just, my style, it's hard because not a lot of people work the same style as me and I'm, I'm rough and I'm violent. And that is me getting out a lot of my demons. I don't mind them 
taking a you know an ass whooping back and that's uh it's just different because i i don't ever want to come like family guy that like when they played videos of me in wwe like coming you know showing my background and like showing my life in the current position it was in you know and being like fighting for my family guy which i'm not like i am but i'm not mm-hmm. i personally from a character standpoint would like to do it i'm doing this shit for me mm-hmm. and they get the residual effects of it like if i don't do this for me our life's not going to be good so i'm a very selfish person in that sense and that and that's a real thing like Whatever will be next after physically doing wrestling, I will have to do something that fulfills me for my life to be optimal. And then using that song there, I had such an attachment to it. And that being such a pivotal part, that's why it was so important for when I came to AEW. I'm like, you're going to get the purest me with that. Like I attach that song. And, you know, right now I'm obviously in the direction that I need to be. But when the time comes, when I get to turn that and, be who i want to be wrestling wise it'll be the best me yet it it feels good that that to me was probably the most important aspect of me signing now honestly i love that because i i feel like aew has almost created a sense of full circle for a lot of people's careers when it comes to theme music yeah because of the fact that you know we've been licensing so much music that I was thinking the other day about how it's got to be every independent wrestler's goal at this point to reach a point in your career where you can come back to the music that made you famous on the indies and Tony Khan's going to make that possible for you. I actually think that's a really cool thing. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and you know, there was a little point in uh, my time with WWE that it almost happened. I almost got it there. But some stuff happened and it fell through. It showed me like, oh, the timing wasn't right. And then when it happened this, you know, with this, I don't know, you just, you know, when things start falling into place, you're like, oh, this is definitely right. This is definitely, yep, I'm moving in the right direction. And that was just one of the the things because it then guarantees me an opportunity to bring the best me to AEW. And that's all I want to do is bring the best me and anything that I can do to help the company grow and just you know, be an influence in any way possible. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to read this question. This is from Beast Wrestler 21. And it's an important question, I think, because of the fact that you've been around for so long and been uh, around the scene for so long and wrestled in so many different places that the list can't be terribly long. But who are some wrestlers from AEW and ROH that you have never wrestled before that you'd like to compete against? Mm. I mean... Pentagon, Ray Phoenix. Oh, okay. God, inject that into my veins. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's some, yeah, like, action Andretti, Mm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. he's someone that Darius. Mm -hmm. For me, it's weird because I guess sometimes I focus so much on revisiting, like, some of the things that I've done. But it's so different now. I'm so different. Mm-hmm. you bring up Brian, like me and Brian wrestling now is going to be substantially different than it was before. Like mm-hmm. me and punk, you know, me and Joe, it was different. Like getting to work, you know, with the bucks work with Kenny. Yep. That's true. That last time you wrestled Kenny was what? 2010. So like, yeah, we're talking about a substantially different Kenny Omega than no, exactly. you know, you see today. Yeah. But Hey, what about the top MJF? Yeah. Yeah. MJF. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I'd like to see what he's all about. <laughs> 
he likes to say what he's all about. So we'll see, right? Right. You know, it's a whole different ball game when you get in there. But, you know, Big Bill. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, is someone I've never worked with. And honestly, dude, just watching him, such a big fan. You know, and his story, too, is crazy. So it's just like to see him overcome that kind of stuff. Obviously, I, my mom's a recovering addict and she she's in that world like a lot. And just to see people overcome their demons and do that. And someone like that, like, I feel he looks better than he ever has. I will physically that's obviously, but even his work, Oh yeah, you know, Wardlow is someone I'd like to work with. Let's just scroll down the whole roster and just name everybody. Cause I <laughs> feel like, well, that, well, that was as it became like more, I knew I was going to, I'm like, there's literally so many people that I could wrestle. Yes. And that's exciting to me because, you know, sometimes other situations like yeah maybe there's like a dozen people but like in this case it's like everybody 70 (laughs) and i'd be willing to wrestle them all it doesn't matter you know so that part is so cool yeah it's it's just like you the storied career you'd have it's the what's old is new again that it's open season just wrestle anybody and i'm so excited to see all of these potential matchups happening like yeah in our own ring like it's just so dope i love it i love that you're here this is great <laughs> yeah me too i really really enjoyed it. it's been just rekindling relationships has probably been my favorite part of being there like even more so than the wrestling like mm-hmm. it's just wild like you start talking you're like oh man i can't believe you actually like me that's cool like you're <laughs> awesome like <laughs> you know and then we're catching up and seeing where everyone's at in their life now it's just you know it's like holy crap we never yeah that that's definitely been my favorite part of it all it's been so wild and i'm so appreciative that you were able to make it on this podcast and talk with us today oh yeah thank you i was i was pumped yeah dude this has been such a wonderful conversation like i can't thank you enough i just my cup's full i'm ready for the day this is dope right. like yeah. <laughs> same awesome uh you can follow roddy on instagram and twitter at roger strong of course you can follow listen to this podcast new episodes every thursday video comes out early in the next week so definitely listen listen to me listen to will washington all of our fun, awesome guests we have. We have so much going on. Dynamite, TBS on Wednesdays. Rampage, TNT Fridays. Collision, live every Saturday on TNT. I am Aubrey Edwards, along with my guest co-host, Will Washington. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Bye. Adios. Bye-bye. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up.